Dr. Maria here. How many of you are tired of substitutes? You want the real deal? Then you are going to enjoy our Christmas Day sermon. This is just for you. Real news, real. So on this Christmas Day 2020, I minister from the sermon topic, Christmas, it is the cure, not the band-aid. It is the cure, not the band-aid. And our text is coming from Matthew 1, 18 through 25, and I will focus on verse 23. Folks, we live in a time of the quick fix. There is little time for lingering or solving things or taking time out to figure it out. No, humanity has graduated themselves out of patience and waiting to get to the place of, I want it now. And all one has to do is touch the iPad, scroll up or scroll down, punch in a password, show your face for facial recognition ID, tap with the credit card or Google it or YouTube it. (laughs) The world is conditioned to say it and not pray it. The world is conditioned to having it immediately rather than waiting for it through intercessory. They want to blab it and grab it rather than believe it by faith. Want to proclaim and gain rather than trust God's holy name. It and see it rather than not seeing it, but believing that it shall be. It is the mindset of the world that presents us with the band-aid. It's the world's mindset. With a lack of Christian virtues, the humanistic tendency of self-reliance has taken the place of trusting in God. You know, we were told and taught to uh, not trust in our own selves, but lean on to God. And the world today does the reverse. Let's think about this. God has been since the beginning and still is. <laughs> uh, this tells me that God is not going anywhere. His existence is undeniable and his omnipotence is unquestionable. Well, what this also tells me is that what God provides, what God offers, what God has given to the world is yet available to the world. Sadly, it is during this season, especially that we experience band-aids, band-aids instead of the cure. You know, the mother who has little money will practically beg, steal, and borrow in order to soothe the nagging wishes of her child. She will steal from Peter to pay Paul. Needless to say, Paul will then, <laughs> he'll lend you the money, but leave you begging for time to pay it back as the interest on the band-aid increases. The husband who has not been a loving husband for the better part of the year will seek the best band-aid to make up for the entire year in the giving on this one day. The family that doesn't pray together gets together to gather to give gifts. And they do not even realize that they have a heap, my God, of band-aids under the tree. The use of the band-aid approach is not a cure. 
The use of the Band-Aid guarantees that another Band-Aid will be needed. You know, I, I would think that during this time of crisis all over the world, that we would understand that rather than a Band-Aid, a cure is needed. A cure, that which when applied eradicates the pathogen, the illness, uh, the poor attitude, <laughs> and the lack of relationship with God Almighty. I find it interesting that on this very day, at this very time in history, the world is looking for a cure. Yet, what may be presented as a cure is really a band-aid or a vaccine. I find it interesting and wonderful how God provided a cure for sin. As a matter of fact, before Jesus came, what existed was a band-aid. The law was a band-aid. The priest offering up atonement sacrifices for the sins annually was a band-aid. The people lived a life validated by a band-aid. Sadly, when Jesus, the cure, arrived, they rejected the cure for the impotent Band-Aid. My, my, my. Well, let's understand that Christmas presents us with the cure and not the Band-Aid as we look at the following three points. Point number one, the marriage, a cure. The marriage, a cure. Point two, the male the cure, the male, the cure. And point number three, the mandate, a cure, the mandate, a cure. Well, let's deal with it. Point number one, the marriage, a cure. Verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother, Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. God hmm, has set up the parameters of a family. Hear me. A family consists of a father, mother, and child. This is the prototype. This is the model. Now I know, I know we want to change the model, uh, but you cannot change what God instituted as right. Please note that this family of the second Adam hmm, would echo the setup of what a family was for the first Adam. The first Adam in creation would be joined to Eve and bring forth seed. Hence, the second Adam would have to enter the world legally through a womb man, woman, and her name was Mary. Yet she could not be a role model as a single mother of the Savior. She would be covered by a man who would not touch her until she gave birth to the Savior. Now, this is not to say that single mothers are not and cannot be 
successful. This is to say that in order, in the order of God, it is not ideal. I thank God for all who succeed. And I still say that God desires that each child be raised by a mother and father. Hence, I present to you marriage as a cure. Not the cure, but a cure. It is a cure because if you go into it wrong, it will not cure. (laughs) In other words, it is not the cure because many go into it and mess up that holy estate. Yet the ideal is shown here with Jesus. Cover the child with a father and mother. There are certain qualities that come with a child having both parents right there. No, not have their week, you know, every other week, but that child having mommy and daddy there every night. Listen, God made sure, and I love this, God made sure that they were married before she found out she was pregnant. By the Holy Ghost. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. She was espoused to Joseph. The documents of commitment were already signed. The dowry had already been paid. Investment had already been made. Let's look at the word espoused. It comes from the word nesteo. And, you know, if you want to be picky, you can pull out the word nest. Lord have mercy. Yay. N-E-S-T. <laughs> you can pull out the word nest. In other words, a family is is the nesting place. Come on, somebody. A family presents that nest, that that place of of comfort where little ones can grow. I'm talking to somebody. And so the word espouse comes from the word nesteo, to be promised in marriage, be betrothed, to give a souvenir, like an engagement present. People of God understand uh, that the nuptials, hear me, had already been placed in the newspaper, you know, the local newspaper, the church had been paid for, the reception paid for, the the honeymoon paid for, the new home paid for. I'm trying to tell you that the family was set. They were fully committed. It was when they, oh God, my God, I want you to hear this. Oh, wow. I need you to hear this Bermuda. It was when they were fully committed. My God. My God, it was when they were fully committed that God permitted the Holy Spirit to impregnate Mary. Did I say something there? In other words, they were married before God impregnated Mary by the Holy Spirit. Come on. He made sure, come on, to do it the right way, the legal way, the way that he had demonstrated, had modeled in the beginning. So might I say here that God desires committed relationships of marriage for the newborn. Come on. Doesn't every child deserve a committed mother and father, a committed example before them of a marriage? I'm talking about the ideal, not 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 a hookup, not a hookup, not a moment, not a feeling, not a peace. Lord have mercy. My God, not a peace. No, a marriage. I want to promote. Yeah, yeah. I want to promote marriage again. 
So their marriage did not work out. Somebody's marriage did not work out. So your parents were not married. Yet I must advise every single woman that before you get caught up emotionally in him, to him, by him, who is not committed to you, that you, you, you check yourself, check yourself and think again. You can heal from that. You can mend from that. It takes a whole lot to mend from a broken marriage or having a child with broken parents. History has a long record of unnecessary struggles and troubles for the single parents and the child in the house with a missing parent. Come on, somebody. Let's take a look at verse 19. It reads, then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. Well, let's pull out the meaning of this man's name. His name is Joseph. And the meaning is, let him add. Let him add. (laughs) Might I say, yes, I know this is a most unsettling thing, Joseph, but God has built you to add. Uh, Yes, I know what's going on may be, it's going to be embarrassing, Joseph, but God made you to add. Yes, I know this is unbelievable, Joseph, but God has made you to add. Why do we have women today who choose a person who adds nothing but literally and literally subtracts? You're not choosing right. Why are women choosing a man to provide seed, but no other need? This is so because we have not embraced the way of the Bible. Yet today, I I want to encourage a preteen girl. There is nothing wrong with waiting to get married before you engage in sexual activity. I want to encourage I want to tell, listen, tell a preteen and a teen girl that you don't have to have a baby before you get married. You can wait. You ought to wait. I'm telling you, if we would pay it forward and teach the youth to wait, honor will be brought back to families as never before. Listen, I know we didn't get here overnight. Yet I want to encourage you, we are one choice away, one generation away from regaining uh, uh, moral standards that help and assist in children having a good future. You know, who gave us the right to crown single parenthood as the right thing to do? It was wrong in the first century and it is wrong in the 21st century. Mm hmm. Let's look at verse 20. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. I love this verse because it spoke to the fact that God was going to do what he knew had to be done in order to keep this marriage together. Oh, I said, oh, Seaman, you said something right there. 
I'm here to tell you that many a marriage that has ended up in divorce court could have been saved if either or both of them, both of them had listened to God. <laughs> let me let me tell you this. I hear Harry Holy goes, God isn't too interested in saving your marriage. Watch this now. Somebody catch this. Catch this. God is very interested in saving his institution of marriage. Come on, did somebody get that? Huh? Uh, you know, God is no respect to a person. This person's marriage, that person's marriage. What he is interested in is keeping the institution of marriage sacred. Come on now. And, and so he he visited Joseph in his unconscious state. He was asleep. He was dead to the world. He he was dead to the world, but alive, my God, to the spirit world. And this is where God, my Lord, visited him and talked some uncommon sense to him. <laughs> uncommon sense. You know, this was uncommon sense because of himself, he couldn't figure it out. Because of himself or the man or the people around him, how could they figure it out? Yet God met him in a dream, met him in a higher world. Met him in a world that's not of this world so that he could talk to him about something that was not from this world, but will come into this world to save this world so that the people of this world could then one day be in an uncommon place. He talks uncommon sense to him. Now, now I want you to know that that verse, verse 20, come on, y'all, what it beginning with? Uh-huh. See that but? It begins with but. <laughs> it means that what had occurred before the but has now been done away with. Things had changed. Things had shifted. Why? Because God showed up in sending a divine messenger to tell this man how to think and what to do. Lord have mercy. Have you ever been there when you needed God to what in your dreams while you sleep? Speak to me, Lord, because while I'm conscious, I'm thinking too much. I'm trying to solve it too much. I can't handle it on my own. God put me under, put me under a divine sedative. My God, give me a divine anesthesia. My God, put me under so that I can be under you and receive from you. Yeah. God saddled it while he slept. God saddled it while he slept. God kept that family from divorce because he hates divorce. And his son was not going to be born out of wedlock from divorced parents. Come on. It's Bible, you all. It's Bible. I'm, I'm talking about the ideal. I'm talking about what we should strive for. God made sure that his son was born into a family unit. And that brings me to point number two, the male, the cure, Yee. the male, the cure. Note that I am saying the, the cure and not a cure because the male I'm referring to is Jesus and he is the only one. <laughs> there is no other. So he is the cure. He is the cure. Let's read about it. Verse 21. And she shall bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Let's talk about it. Never done and documented before. A virgin gives birth. 
A female who had never had the sperm of a human within her body gives birth. So this means that the sperm was born of glory. My Lord. She had glory seed or glory sperm that joined with her human egg ovum. And the fertilization yielded a pregnancy that yielded a baby. Lord have mercy. Hey. Before she was through the pregnancy, at the beginning of the pregnancy, there was the gender reveal. <laughs> God said, the sperm that I placed in her was kingdom XY. Mm. Kingdom XY. This is the kingdom son. Uh, there was no amniocentesis to match up the chromosomes to figure out the sex of the baby. There was no ultrasound to get a sonogram of the baby. Come on now. No, no, no. There was God, almighty creator of all that is, mm -hmm, who knew exactly, Lord have mercy, what he spoke into her womb. Lord have mercy. He spoke Jesus. <laughs> Not only was the gender revealed. Now, now this got to take, take some time right here. Not only was the gender revealed, but the purpose of the male seed was predetermined. Lord have mercy. I mean, I know when I had the girls, you know, I know what I, I wanted them to be, but uh, I couldn't, you know, write out, determine what they were going to be and how they were going to get there and all of that. Yet this gender revealed by God Almighty, sovereign God, omniscient God, was not only able, of course, to reveal the gender, but the agenda. Come on, somebody. Not only did he reveal the gender, but the agenda. Oh, glory be to God. He was born for a purpose, and that purpose was to save people from their sins. Let's look at the word save from the word sozo. Sozo. Make whole. Come on. Heal. Somebody needs to be made whole. Somebody needs healing. And listen, you're not whole and you haven't been healed until you're at the place where God would have you to be in him. Let's talk about saving, to save a suffering one from perishing. Uh, that is one suffering from disease, to make well, heal, restore to health. To preserve one who is in danger of destruction, to save or rescue. <laughs> and that's why Jesus is the cure. Not a cure, not one among many. He is the cure. Jesus ain't... <laughs> Jesus is not a band-aid, folks. No, 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 no. Jesus is not a band-aid. He's the cure. When you got the cure, you don't need the band-aid anymore. Jesus is not a temporary fix. Jesus is not a band-aid to temporarily hide the sore. You know, come on now. Huh? Nor is Jesus medication to temporarily soothe or dull the pain. If you allow him, Jesus is the cure. Jesus will totally eradicate all that you have had to hold on to, to get through. <laughs> huh? Because he will hold on to you. Lord have mercy. Listen, Jesus is not a Christmas baby. No. Jesus was born to establish Christmas. <laughs> and to have you and I to understand that with Christmas comes the cross. With the cradle comes Calvary. With Christmas comes the 
secure. Glory to God. I, I know you're looking at him in a cradle, but I'm looking at him at the cross. I know you're looking at him in the manger, but I'm looking at him mangled on the cross. Come on, somebody. Jesus has come to save you. Until Jesus, you were at risk of perishing. Uh, but because he came, you can be rescued. Let's look at verses 22 and 23. And uh, just for the record, again, we're at Matthew chapter 1, verses 22 and 23. Read. Now, all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. God could never be with us unless and until Jesus was born to us. Now he is with us and the connection can never be broken. He is with us forever. He was Emmanuel at birth and Emmanuel at the cross. And he is Emmanuel while he is at the right hand of the father, while we still have time. He is God with us. Again, the word Emmanuel, the name Emmanuel means God with us. Why not embrace him? He's here. You are not alone. No, I know this world system is designed to make you feel alone. Lord have mercy. Come on now. It's a lie. The truth is not in it. The truth is that God is with you. God is with us. The cure, Lord have mercy, the cure is with us. While the whole world is looking for a cure, that cure will not stop you from eventually leaving this world. Hear me. On the other hand, if you would choose a relationship with the cure, you will have this life and then life abundantly and life eternally with Emmanuel. God with us. All right, all right. We are winding down here. We are on point three, the mandate, the mandate. Well, now that you understand that the family is meant to be a protection for you, it is a possible cure a cure. <laughs> now that you understand that with Jesus, he is the cure. Yes, that a relationship with Jesus guarantees you that after this life, you will live eternally with Emmanuel, the cure. Well, now we simply must live what we know. Hence the mandate. Come on now. The mandate is that what we follow the instructions in the following verses. The verses that follow. After you hear about the cure, we are then told how we ought to live. So here's the mandate. Let's begin with verse 24. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife. A cure while we yet walk on this terrestrial bowl cold earth is to obey God. Come on. That's what Joseph did. Wake up and obey God. Mm? Wake up out of your slumber. Wake up out of what you have conditioned yourself to believe outside of God. Wake up 
from everything that you have been doing to justify what you do and why you do what you do. Wake up from slumber. Wake up and obey God. Listen to God's word through God's messenger. Come on now, somebody's messenger. Every preacher ought to be a messenger. Every teacher of the gospel ought to be a messenger. Uh, instructing you to wake up and obey God. Again, my, my mind goes back to the first Adam. God put him to sleep. And then he woke up and he obeyed God. Come on now. So every morning that we wake up, our agenda should be God you. We wake up to what? Listen and obey what you've called us to do. Wake up, Adam. Wake up, Joseph. Wake up, men of Bermuda. Wake up, men around the world. Wake up and cover your family. That's what you're called to do. You ain't a real man if you're not covering your family. Come on now, somebody. Hmm? Hmm? You call yourself man? You're not a man because you can create a child. Oh, no. Oh, you're not a man because you can uh, get someone pregnant. Mm -mm 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 -mm. You're a man when you wake up and and your goal is, I'm going to work. I'm going to work because I've got to cover my family. It's a part of a cure. It's not the cure. But in order that my children, my wife, uh, that they live a, a best life down here, I've got to wake up and cover my family. That ought to be the words of every man. Don't don't look to the woman. That's not her mandate. She's got to do now. So many women have picked it up, but it was not the original call. Men, stand up. Wake up. Stand up and do what God has called you to do. You want things to change in Bermuda? Come on. (laughs) Come on. Y'all got a lot to say sometimes. I hear you. I want to know, are you covering your wife? Are you covering your family? Come on, wow. What would happen in Bermuda if if men woke up and covered their wives and children? Don't cover the club. Come on now. Don't cover yourselves. Cover your family and wife. Only then will we experience Emmanuel as never before. You see, men are a representative of the king. That's the reason they're given headship. So the reason that we see things go awry is because the head is not worrying about this head. They're worrying about another head. And that's not the headship. No, no, no. That's that's animalistic. That, that that's That's easy. Headship is the thinking. What have I been called to do? I've been called to do what God uh, gave Adam to do and what God gave Joseph to do in order that the second Adam would be born. I hope somebody's getting it. I'm not done in man. I'm trying to big you up to understand we need you in your position. Ah, We need you covering. We need you awake. We need you to arise, man of God. God has called you to a higher calling. God has called you to be leaders who shut you down, who put you down, who replace you. Get up, go to sleep, listen to God. Get up and do what God has called you to do. Come on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You want the world to be a better place to live in? You got to wake up and do what God has called you to do. And then here, my final verse for today. Verse 25. Listen. And he, that this is Joseph, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Again, he follows the instructions from God. God's instructions to you will be clear. You have to yield your spirit to his spirit, the Holy Spirit. The Christmas tree and the gifts under the tree will not cure what is wrong. Let me promise you, it's never cured what was wrong in my family, in my extended family. Because you can go two months, three months, the next year and give more gifts and it still doesn't cure what may be wrong. No, unless we hook on to the cure, there will be no cure. There will be temporary fixes. There will be band-aids and I'm coming against band-aids. Temporary fixes. All right, for a little while, but then you go back. Go back to what you were doing. Why? Because you you haven't found the Christmas cure. The Christ of Christmas will cure what is wrong. Start again. You have been given a new opportunity for a do-over. Choose Jesus and the cure. <laughs> Let go of every substitute. Let go of every band-aid. Welcome Jesus into your heart. And come on, I'm talking to the saints too. That's right. Oh, we're professional band-aids. We make our band-aids look really good, like nice bandage. You know, we, we wrap it neat. But can I tell you, as a pastor, I've got a lot of folks that I believe in the spirit realm are applying band-aids. And I'm trying to get those folks, I'm trying to get you to understand that if you apply Jesus, the joy, glory to God, the joy of the Lord will continually be your strength, that you will operate in the joy of the Lord. You will rejoice. And again, I say you will rejoice. You will be a part of the kingdom mandate, the vision of the house. You will do what God, you you will listen to God, wake up and do what God has called you to do. Get over the band-aid. We got the cure, the best gift possible this day is Jesus. Some family, they don't need another bike. They don't need another toy. They don't need another doll. They don't need another set of clothes. What they need is the cure because for the rest of the year, year coming 2021, we're going to be correcting. We're going to be counseling. We're going to be comforting. We're going to be doing all sorts of stuff because there are those who just have not received the cure. And his name is Jesus, the best gift possible on this day. Only when you do, can you truly experience, come on somebody, blessings that abound. And so I want to remind you today, the marriage, a cure. The male, Jesus Christ, the cure. The mandate, come on, get up and obey. A cure, we can do better. When we absolutely grab on to Jesus Christ, who was sent by the Father as the cure, only then can we have a Merry Christmas. And you certainly know that I am saying to you, blessings abound. Amen. As we have shared this message today, my prayer is that some have been challenged to re-examine, to 
understand why God sent his son, Kingdom XY. And let me, let me teach you something, something actually that, that the Holy Spirit showed me. He said it had to be a son, XY, because it's the male that determines the sex of the child. So Jesus coming, he will be able to save men and women. If God had sent a female, she'll be XX, and it wouldn't represent both of the genders. Come on, somebody. XY is so important. And that's why the devil has decided he wants to X out marriage and X out God's divine marriage between an XX and an XY. A man is needed to be a man. We've got too many effeminate, effeminate males that cannot do what God has called them to do.